Hi, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to Stage Door Medium. This week, I'm joined by extra special guest, Natalia Vivino. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new, brand spanking new episode of Stage Door Medium. My name is Jimmy. If you're unfamiliar, I am a practicing medium who's been doing this for about 10 years now. Uh, and I teach as well. Every week I sit down with an incredible artist that I've had the opportunity to do a reading for. And then we meet back a couple of weeks later and we talk about the parallels between our work, um, the parallels between energy and artistry. And if you're wondering, you're like, why did I just get notified about a new episode? There hasn't been one in a really long time. Um, that's true. And I, I told myself from the get-go when starting this podcast, if I ever began to feel overwhelmed, or frazzled or busy or bogged down, I would stop the podcast first because it's tricky. Um, So if you're unaware, full-time, I'm a public school teacher. Um, And then as most mediums usually have, you know, a full-time job in addition to mediumship. So in addition to that, being a medium, that's two jobs. And then the podcast is a third. And then reading the clients that eventually come onto, it's like a fourth and then editing is, so it was just getting to be too much. And I, I, that was my, that was my promise to myself of it. If it got to, to a point where it wasn't fun anymore, I was going to take a little break and just recharge and wait until I had something to say. So I do, I'm back and I'm, I'm glad you're listening. So um, before I introduce our incredible guest a uh, question that, that came in and I just answered it on uh, Instagram actually, but I thought I would go into just a little bit more depth was how often can I see a medium, which is, it's a fair question. Um, I, I have my own feelings on it. Um, I can't speak for all mediums, but what I'm going to say is no more than twice a year. The reason why is, long story short, nothing changes in the grand scheme of things in, in you know, not much changes in, in a couple of weeks or a few months. You really have to, if, if, if the medium is utilizing their psychic component and they're talking about the fact that they see something panning out for you in nine months, you should not be coming back before nine months. And it would be like a doctor saying like, well, this is going to take five months to heal. I want to see you in one month. That would make no sense. Go back once, you know, the doctor, once we passed that diagnosis point from the doctor. So the other reason is that I'm just going to be very blunt. Like I've, I've heard of people talking about seeing mediums on like a weekly or like a monthly basis. And if that's the case, like, I guess I'm just going to say it like they are taking your money like with, with mediumship, I never want it to become something that feels pedestrian either for myself or for the client. Like this isn't something that I think there's this big misconception that we just hear all the time, which is not true. Um, we really, you know, we really have to prepare to go into this and I always want to respect the sanctity of, of what I'm doing. So, um, and while I can reconcile that doing readings three to four days a week, I, I can't, go, oh, it's okay to meet with a client a couple times a month, because ultimately what's going to happen is it's going to go radio silent because your loved ones are going to start to go, we can't give you a roadmap of what to do every day. Because then it, it becomes more like, what do they think versus what do you think? So long story short, no more than twice a year. And if you are, little recommendation, if you are seeing a medium, a repeat, like if you're going to the same medium, 
they should be able to do one of the following things. So each time you see them, they should be able to provide some new evidential information about somebody that they've already brought through. So if this medium brings through your mom and, and you know, the first time they bring through a few things, I always go, okay, mom, like, what can you share with me now that is new that you haven't told me, but the client hasn't told me that is still evidential information. And if you're unfamiliar, evidential would be something that would be very particular to the relationship between the client and the deceased. Surprisingly, names do not count for me as evidential information. Anything that could be public record does not count. So I might say something like, um, did you recently get a tattoo of your mom about three weeks ago? If the client connects and they go, yes, or they're like, no, my brother did, but absolutely for my mom, that would count for me as evidential information. They also, if you are going on a regular basis and you lose someone new, hopefully not, but should that happen, the medium should be able to pick up on that energy or go, I have someone new here. I'm not exactly sure who yet, but this is what it feels like. And then finally, I do something where I just like random pieces of information to come through just to make sure that I'm not autopiloting. Because I think it's a really dangerous thing as a medium just to go, yeah, your mom's the one that's providing that information. So rather what I'll do is I will ask for some random piece of information. So a couple of days ago, I read somebody and I'm like, I saw an iPad and it like hit the ground in the bathroom. So I, I mentioned this, I was like, I don't know what this means to you, but did somebody just drop an iPad? And she was like, uh, a couple hours ago, my, my son had my iPad and they dropped it in the bathroom and it shattered. So if something like that comes through, that's my, just a really great way of going, okay, I'm in real time right now. And I know that what I'm getting is accurate and it's correct. It's just a way of me making sure that my radio channel is set to the same as yours. So long story short, no more than twice a year. Okay. That aside, um, we have a really incredible guest today and I met her in, she reminded me in November. And um, at this point, I think I have like, I want to submit myself to like the Guinness book of world records, because if there was like a uh, uh, a category of like medium who has read the most alphabas, I think I would have that. So I'm going to look into this while, while you're listening to this episode, but gosh, she's just incredible. So she is currently the alphabet standby, and we're going to have her clarify what that is. If you're more of mediumship folk and, and not necessarily theater in a little bit, but um, making her national tour debut, uh, please help me in welcoming the incredible, incredible Natalia Vivino to our show today. Hi. Hey. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. How are you doing? I'm good, you know, just um, another week, another week at Wicked, you know, and um, just looking forward to this, this lovely afternoon that we have planned. <laughs> and you're in, you're in Costa Mesa, right? Yes, I'm in Costa Mesa. It's beautiful. Um, the theater I- is like bizarre though. I mean, it's. It is really big. Um, the backstage is massive as well, but yes, there's like, you know, two floors of where the dressing rooms are and lots of hallways and just like, you know, you got to know your way. There's signs everywhere backstage to help us. Cause I'm like, I'm so bad. My inner compass, like my like sense of direction is so bad that like, I need things to be like mapped out very plainly for me, <laughs> so, but it's all good, you know? But even the theater itself, like looking in the audience, it looks like, because my friend oh. Nikki is on the road with you right now. They flew in Nikki Venditti. So yeah. um, he posted a photo and I'm like, that's the theater that has like the weird zigzag. 
like geometric of, of some sort. It's very cool. Oh, it's, it's an artistic really, thing. It's definitely like an art. That's what I assume. Yeah, I, I look at it. I'm like, oh, artistic choice. With the I'm gonna look it up because I'm just like who built, and I'm sure it's it, it looks gorgeous. The theater, but uh. go like way high up too, like to the point where in, in rehearsal I was looking up and I was like, oh my god, like I wonder what it's like to sit all the way up, 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 and like, yeah, because I. It's funny. I, I was about to say like, oh, I'm afraid of heights. Like you're afraid of heights and you have to do like the <laughs> levitation. <laughs> but like, you know, that's like really high up and at an angle too. It's like angle. Such well, a question way. for you. If you're in a theater that is higher, so that's in, in a case like that, if the balcony is higher, can the, mm-hmm. does the lift ever compensate or is that always fixed for, for how high Alphaba goes? Always fixed. Always yeah. fixed. Up the same height and truly like, everything there's so much like happening in that moment and the and the way the lights are like hitting you and everything looks like dark out ahead like I can kind of see the tops of people's heads but like yeah at that point like I can't even tell where (laughs) (laughs) well it looks it I mean you figure and well also how like how on your body how fast does that thing feel going up because I saw this comment I naturally I YouTubed you after I read you to see and somebody's like wow the tour lift is much faster than the Broadway lift like 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 people had this long conversation like is that true oh it's funny because um I remember when we came back from the pandemic when we all you know reopened in Dallas and I had was told when I was getting back into it and like rehearsing and you know I, I did a practice run and, and um the crew was like just so you know like it's a little faster now like we it's a little faster here. and I was like oh okay but I truly can't like I can't tell and I also love it like I love that moment because it feels like a ride yes. <laughs> so, and that's why I'm like oh it's defying gravity is like my favorite moment like it's so because it's like okay time for this Disney ride of sorts. (laughs) It feels the same though, as an audience member, like I notice it's not just me, but I notice like the minute they go into the yes or Osnes and that downbeat, I see so many people leaning, like buckle up because the next six and a half minutes are just the most exciting. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yes, for sure. I could imagine being in the audience and it's like, okay, here we go. This is now like the build up to the the flight. Yes. I wanted to talk about family and talk about, cause it's this big misconception with mediumship and I'll talk about it later, but so many people think it's a genetic thing where it like runs in families and you have two other sisters that are artists as well. And like I know there's, I know it's more than just your sisters. Like I know there's musicians in your family. So like, can you talk about like, I think what fascinates me is like, was that a good thing growing up with a sister that had done this role? Or did you ever feel like there was more pressure to anything? I'd love to get your insight on what it was like growing up in a musical family and particularly a musical theater family where your sister had already set the bar by like age eight. Um, yeah, so my, my God, where do I start? I mean, I grew up around music always, which I am so grateful for, you know, my, 
my dad is a jazz musician. My mom is a classical flutist. I grew up with a, a hearing music all the time in the house. It's just like the norm. Um, and I still do when I visit home, my dad is always practicing his sax and like, it's just nice, you know, um, I never really learned an instrument growing up, which <laughs> definitely, cause I know my parents both being like serious musicians, it's like, and I think the norm was for people to assume oh, like, you know, Natalia and Antonia are going to play instruments too. We just chose to like sing instead. Like our instrument is our voice. Donna, yeah. So, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to go see Donna in shows well before I understood like what Broadway was, what like tours were. Like, I just thought, oh, like, we're going to go see Donna in the city. Like, that was just another yeah. thing we do. Um, and, you know, my parents never pushed Antonia and I to, to, to be performers or to be in the arts. It was, I think, also sort of like a a protective thing. I think sometimes when there are parents who are in the business themselves, and especially my dad, it's like, and I, and I only say this because I've also heard other, like sometimes I watch interviews of like celebrities just because like, I don't know what on talk shows and stuff. And if it's like, if it's like an actor who has a kid who wants to go into acting as well, they're like, they jokingly kind of say like oh like can you pick another field can you pick another because they want to protect them because it's a hard business and yeah. like my um my parents never never discouraged us but they also never pushed us and I I am grateful for the fact that we weren't like forced to do anything I I was like a late bloomer I I knew that I really liked to sing but it took me a long time to have the courage to like sing in front of people um act in front of people so I started I, I I was like 11 and I asked if I could start taking voice class and and uh, musical theater class like I just wanted to try and and my parents were like okay if you're you know if, if you're sure that's what you want to do and it it like gradually evolved into me wanting to do it more and more but also with the process of me like you know trying to come out of my shell and then in high school I was doing all the musicals and then things started to like pick up after you know, when I was like in college, really, like I truly like this, it wasn't the kind of thing where I was like in class by the age of two and then like go, you know, I, I didn't yeah. even go to like a performing arts college. So I was, I was pursuing other, other career paths and other interests. Um, and that's just kind of always the type of person I've been. I like to do lots of things, but, you know, performing has always been my first love. And so um, by the time I was auditioning for Wicked, I started auditioning for Wicked when I was 20 years old. I fully knew I was like, I'm probably way too young right now, but I was honored just, just to have an audition. I, sure. I never felt pressure. I never felt pressure um, because my sister had done it. In fact, I felt inspired. I've always felt inspired by her. I've always looked up to her as, as an artist and, you know, as a vocalist and a an actress so I'm just like oh my gosh like if I even have the chance to like you know be seen for this part that would be amazing and then in in like two two and a half years when I got hired with the company I was like she was the first person that I told I remember I texted her I was like I've got something to tell you and she knew immediately she was like I bet it's wicked <laughs> um and it's crazy too, because I'm in the exact same track 
that she started as like she started as a standby on the tour as well and so it's like yeah there's never been there's never been a pressure because myself and Donna and and our younger sister Antonia like we all know we're like our own individual artists and like we have our own um things to bring to the table and like that we're each very different people um it's funny because there's like sometimes like people will think they're being witty if they're like oh so like you know who's the who's the better singer or something really weird that we, I know that's not, like that's not witty that's no no and I, and I, and we like laugh and it's like no because we 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 all are so it's like we we each are so secure in ourselves basically is what I'm saying we know who we are and we support each other always and like so there's never been that pressure of like you know you're doing what your sister's done is you do you do it like her it's like well no I don't I don't do it like her we, we share similarities but like we're each our own person we're our own artist so I think yeah. it's a very American thing though to compare and to compete you know I, I it really is an American thing like sometimes I'll, I'll talk to people that have been after I read them and they're like well you know, and not in a vain way. They're like, well, I liked how you read me better than because you got these things right, but they didn't. But I'm like, but did you still, did you still connect with the other messages though, that the other, like, it's not a competition. You know, I always say like, thank goodness there's a surplus of artists and mediums and in the most beautiful way that like, you want somebody to, you know, and I'm like, and if, if you mean like the way that I relayed messages, like if you mean like, I really like that you relayed them with like care or like, that's great. But I mean, if you're, if you're like, sometimes even gosh, even clients will go like, well, you got nine out of these 10 things. Right. And I'm like, okay, but this isn't a quiz. Like this isn't a competition, you know? And like, and it, it took me a long time to, to recognize that as well, because it, it it's hard. I think in most fields, and in high school and college, like we quantify our work. And so to then be in an arts career or, or in a career like mine, where like, we can't quantify it. We can't go like wicked defined gravity was like an eight and a half out of a 10 tonight. No, it's like, it doesn't matter because of that audience member who's never seen it before, or something might hit them in the gut that they're like, this is the most beautiful, you know, yeah. this is the way I needed to hear it tonight. I needed to hear it with, you know, with Natalia doing this track and um well, I gotta great, ask I'm sorry go ahead oh it's a it's a it's a great way to put it and I I agree is yeah well I gotta ask too so I mean that's so nice that you never felt the pressure and I, I would also do you know was your first like big Broadway show or tour show was it one of Donna's then was that like your first introduction to big theater oh yeah it's a great you know it's funny because my earliest memory of seeing like and I know I've, I've probably, I mean, <laughs> what if like, oh, my first big experience with big theater was watching Barney live when I was <laughs> Sesame street here. I mean, if we're being honest, uh, no, no, I, my brain keeps flashing me back, like literally probably three to five times now it's been doing this as we've been talking is that I see Antonia and I, we were very little, like elementary school and or younger. And we went into the city to see hairspray. And Donna was in it. She was Shelly. And we watched and enjoyed. And I remember we were mesmerized by the wigs and the costumes. And like, you know, to see Donna in a show, she was doing hairspray. And this was, 
this was before before Wicked. Um, and I remember Antonia and I, we were taken backstage with our parents and trying on the wigs. <laughs> As <laughs> you do though, I mean like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, trust me, if they were allowing backstage tours of Wicked right now, I'd be like, Natalia, can I please try on like this wig? this wig, the midwife, oh like I would have so many specific wigs that I would need to try on in a short period of time. It's pretty wild that it was very nice of the hair department to let, to let my sister, I, you know, we are just two little kids. They're probably like, sure, <laughs> lad's wig on. Why not? Just, but I remember that specifically, honestly, like that's the earliest, like professional stage show I remember seeing and then you know we saw her in the the Martin Short fame becomes me on Broadway for that very well because I was about 10 or 11 so Antonia must have been like like eight or so and we were going into the theater and this you know mine's just Martin Short this is an adult show like this is adult humor and I remember the usher gave my parents a look she was like and my mom was like, they're sisters in this. And she went, oh, 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 enjoy the show. <laughs> Wicked was not the first like big show I'd seen her in, but I remember it was my 13th, I had just turned 13 and I, it was my first time seeing Wicked ever. And I had just recently become a very big fan of it. So that was surreal to be like, oh, I've always wanted to see the show and I get to see it with my sister as yeah. the lead. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. I know when I, uh, in October, I had a live event at, um, um, it's this gorgeous theater called the Palace Theater here in, in Western New York. And um, it's funny, I was like very regimented. I was like, all right, half hour before the event, I'm going to do my meditation, get in the zone, turn it on. But I was watching to, I was watching through the, through the one little area. I could see like my family coming in. It was so funny. I saw them. Uh, I did a, I did a, I always try to put good back out there and they did a raffle where like somebody in the audience would have won a free sit down reading with me. And um, I see my sister and, and the usher's trying to go, Oh, miss your ticket, your raffle. And she's like, I don't want it. And the woman's like, but your raffle. She's like, no, I'm good. And I think the usher thought my sister is just like getting belligerent with her. And finally she's like, it's, it's my brother. Like he can't read on me. I don't want it. And she's like, I'm just, and the usher's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but just to see like through this, like little people, my sister's like fighting with this usher about a raffle ticket. I'm like, and I called her out on it after I'm like, did you not want to the chance to win a reading? <laughs> she's and which was also, oh, and I got to talk about that with you too, but um, I know it's, as a medium, that is the biggest misconception that it runs in families. I don't want to mm. say it's not true. I mean, because there are people that are like, they, they boast that they're second generation or third generation psychic mediums. Okay. In my opinion, all that it means is that it was just fostered in the home for the last couple of generations. Like to me, it would be like, this is not something genetic to be like, well, heart problems run in my family or like scoli. Like it's, it's something that you actively have to train to do. I, I think I won't lie. I do think certain families might be more receptive to it. My mom's side, my mom definitely gets, my mom gets dreams all the time. I get none because they know that those are my off hours. I'm like, please don't try to bug me while I'm sleeping. And my mom is the other hand. She gets 
so many. And she calls me and she's like, what does this mean? I'm like, I don't know, because I don't know dream analysis. And my grandmother would get a ton too. My grandmother had, I would say more mediumistic experiences, but I don't think the only reason I'm doing this is I grew up in an environment that were like, where it was fostered. Like we, we were, we had open conversations where it wasn't like, this is scary devil's work. Like it was like, okay. Like I, I think people are enabled and people can choose to do this to help others. And what, what will grow is where you water, you know, it, it, it's going to grow where you water. And, and um, also speaking of like family, what was that like? Cause I saw your post and my heart melted in the best way to see that like your sister was so proud and standing next to that wicked sign pointing at your name. Like what was that whole day? Like, Oh, it was, it was surreal. Um, you know, I, so many people got to come out and see me and it was amazing because I hadn't seen Donna in person in so long because the whole like pandemic, like, you know, we were living in separate states. Like then I went back on tour again. So it's like, it's been so long since I've even just seen her. It just felt so good to give her a hug, like to see, just to be standing next to her. Like, um, it was definitely amazing to have her there. And, um, I was like nervous, but in a good way. Cause like my parents were there too. And like, all my friends, oh. like, so many people so many people and and it it was just so meaningful because I got to see a lot of people Donna included um who I've just missed a lot and and my heart felt very full that night you know to get to to get to say hello and to and to see their faces in person and like you know be reminded of of you know all of the all of the people I have at home who um who are there for me so that was nice yeah, I don't know about you, but I mean, like before I went on for the live event, like I wish I could say I was nervous. So it sounds more normal, but like, I just, the minute I saw, I was like, there are so many faces out there of like people I know and that I love and that I care for. And it felt like the biggest hug that, you know, th- those are those moments where I feel like are so out of body where you just feel like you're supported the entire night. Like I, I remember I, I, I felt like I blinked and like, it was like two hours and 45 minutes of readings. And I was like, what, like at this event, I'm like, what just happened? And it was just really special because my family had never seen me do readings, not because they wouldn't, do you know what I mean? Like you're reading someone in a private setting. So it was like, at one point, it's funny. I was watching footage back and I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was reading someone that was like right next to my family. And I had no clue that my family was seated where they were because you're just so in the zone and I'm looking back at the footage and my brother's like two feet away from me as I'm and I'm like oh but you know it was it was neat because I think your family like in your case like they can hear you sing they can they can look at clips of you and go oh yeah in mine like they might hear from word of mouth from somebody that they know that I've read so it was kind of neat to go like yeah, like this, this is what I do. And, you know, I, I was grateful that they were able to see it and, and just be brief for their support. And um, I don't know, it was, a, it was a good night. I love that. Well, I wanted to talk with you also about standing by and stamina and rest, because like the pandemic has taught me so much about myself. And the one thing is like, especially with mediumship is I'm like, I got to rest. 
I got to rest my body, my battery more. And I would love to get your thoughts on standing by it. What the process is like as a whole, do you find yourself more? Cause I know for a period of time when, when Talia was out with COVID, you had gone on for that extended time. Like, were you finding that what the stamina process was like, where you're, where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so rested or because you stand by, what do you have to do to keep your stamina up? So when you do get called on anything that you'd want to share about that, I'm so fascinated by it. Well, it's such a good question too. And I appreciate you asking. I, I have learned now from going, I've experienced both sides of the coin now where I've gone with long gaps in between doing a show and I have done in Cleveland, I did nine shows um, during the Omicron surge. That was a lot. Um, and I have realized, so there's, there's, and I can just speak for me specifically in my, you know, experience there's, for me, there's like two modes. There's, there's two versions of my um, experience as standby and it's, it's the stamina and the, the um, strength I have when there's moments where there's the big gaps and then there's the, you know, Natalia mode that's like on, on go mode and there's no stopping. I've learned over time, it took me time to be able to handle both, like have a good grip on both. So I know exactly what to do. Like, so for instance, like the show I did um, um, on the last Thursday, the 24th, um, it had been about, about like a month since you know the last time I had gone on I would say maybe a little less but it was that kind of thing so for me when there's the big gaps um stamina preparation really it's more of a a mental prep for me when there's a big gap I have to I do little things to make myself feel very prepared like um you know even stuff as simple as like I set up my nightstand for when I come home from work and everything's already ready for me. So there's less to do. Um, I always, always, always um, vocally warm up, you know, unless it's like a really last minute thing, <laughs> like you can't, but vocal warm up. Um, I take vitamins. I sip hot tea before the show. I, um, we love to suck on those little Grethers pastilles. Yeah, the pastilles. Um, so, but the big thing I need to address and what I'm trying to formulate um, as eloquently as possible is how I, because alphabet is a very physically demanding role and it requires a lot of breath support and all those songs. The pacing is very important. I received one of the best pieces of advice ever for maintenance. If, you know, whether you're doing one show a month or nine in a row is to is to um the music director our music director Evan Reuter went up to me and said um you can you know you can pick and choose the moments where you want to um you know use the full power of your voice and you can you know find ways to I don't want to say tone it back but like healthily pace yourself throughout the songs so that you're not starting off at 100 and then you have nowhere else to go because then that's how you tire out. So like that was one of the best pieces of advice ever because it gave me permission to allow myself to like just relax more and like 
tell the story. And I, I used to worry so much about the vocals, the vocals, and like, they have to sound loud and big and powerful all the time. And it's like, you know, but for, for like survival purposes, it's better to, yeah. it's better. It's easy. It's a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a race. I so, see that all the time. It all is a the mar- time. Like Wizard and I, that is one of the hardest songs for many of us simply because it's like the first big song right out of the gate. And, you know, my instinct in the early days was to go hard with it right away. And it's like, no, like pace it, take it in chunks. Like, and truly that's how the show is for me too. You take it, take it in pieces and, 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 and work through it that way. So I, I mean, you know, I got through those, those nine shows without, without, um, you know, crashing and burning because I just, it's just all about the pacing yeah. and really what it is. And I also do things in my day to day, like, you know, it doesn't hurt. To, I try to, it's going to sound like really dorky of me. I try to get like my 10,000 steps a day, but like, I try to move throughout the day because, because you're moving so much on stage. So because there are periods of time where I may not be performing for a while. The worst thing I could do for myself is, is lie around all day and not do anything. I should keep moving. I should still have my body. Sometimes, honestly, I like, will like lightly jog in place or walk at a brisk pace and sing the songs to make me just remember how this feels. And like, so then when I do go on stage, it's not really that daunting. It's okay. I was going to ask you, you answered it about, you know, do you, you know, do you sing through the show sometimes or do you, and you also said something, I mean, because I would also imagine years ago when I was in high school, I, I was able to meet Patty Lapone. She was in Buffalo doing like a solo concert. We were doing Evita that year. And I spoke with her about, it's like how she paced herself. And she was so funny. She was like, she couldn't have been more gracious and kind. And she kept talking about, she goes, I swear. She goes, she she was kind of joking, but she was like, I swear Andrew Lloyd Webber hates women because like, she goes, this show right out of the gate, she goes like, you're hitting high E flats and Fs. And she's like, those are her first notes really. And she was like, it was terrifying. And she she talked about, she goes, I just had to start pacing myself because I think there's got to be a temptation, especially in Wizard and I, because I say this to myself over and over. It's, I, I have like a list of notes that based on my mood that I'm in for the day, like I look at it and I just say it to myself. And sometimes if I'm reading somebody whose work I really admire before I go in, I go, it's not your job to win them over. Like you're not. And I would imagine with Wizard Night, it's everyone looks forward to that moment. You know, we and I would imagine there's got to be a temptation to go, I want to win them over because this is a this is the good, you know, this is that right out of the gate number. And I think the real beauty comes when you're like, nope, I'm, they've already been won over. You know, they're, they're at Wicked. You know, they're seeing this beautiful show, this beautiful score, this incredible performer, like works already. Like, and that's what I started telling myself. Like, I, I, I can't say who, but I had an opportunity to read somebody that like recently that I was like, really like, like big name and really admired. And I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And then I was like, wait, don't win them over. I'm like, the, like the gift is already here. Like you're getting to sit for a reading and, and do this for person X. Like, I think you already did. But like, if, if they're trusting you enough with this, like 
you know what I mean? And it, there's been such a freedom, I would say in the last year of me going like, I tell people now, I'm like, it's not my job to unpack your experience as a medium, you know, as, as the medium, I'm not going to unpack and go, well, this is what this moment meant. Or like, I don't know. I don't know your life outside of what I'm doing in, in those 45 minutes. So, you know, there's times where we spoke about it, you know, with your reading, there's things and others will message me, Hey, I didn't know what this meant on the spot. Fully know what this means now. Do you know what I mean? And that's, there's a real beauty in just stepping back going, I'm releasing, you know, trying to win someone over. So I get it. I get it. I get it. I'll find a little game for you, a little wrap up. Um, And also I should ask too, before we do the wrap up, when you saw your sister in Wicked, was there a moment that Donna did that you're like, oof, damn, that's good. Like, I, I always say we have those moments that are burned up here because I saw Donna. I drove, no, I'm dating myself. I drove to see her in Rochester back when there was like MapQuest and you're like, oh God, I'm like, got to read the paper directions while driving. And Donna, I, she was full-time at that track, I believe. I don't think she was standby yet because I know okay. she was standing by for Carmen Cusack. Um, who was in Buffalo. And then by the time I got to Rochester, Donna was full-time and it was just like incredible crying into my map quest directions. I'm like, how am I going to get home? The ink is all smeared. I'm joking, but um, what did Donna do that? You're like, damn, that's good. Oh gosh. I mean, she has this quality to her voice that is so smooth and like soaring when she felt these really high notes and I just recall watching her um in San Diego and specifically I I remember the end of Define Gravity when she did the me down and like was doing it and and just how insanely powerful it sounded and how gorgeously like the mix and the blood like all of it was it was so powerful and I remember like distinctly her like you know doing the broom movements and like lifting her broom up and then the lights immediately went to black at the end and my mom sitting next to me just like oh, wow that is that is quite the number like because we had never my parents had never seen Wicked didn't know what to expect they were just like we were all just blown away and it's such like yeah. you know all like end of defying gravity I guess cliche but like it, it really did stick with me it's so powerful witnessing it in the audience live I yeah. will never with the cape and the way it looks like it is quite it is overwhelming in the best way but she was also very very good at and this is so hard to do I've only been able to do it twice and it's, I have to be so relaxed to be able to do it is when they're backing up on the with me so it's with me and then in, they still are going they don't take a breath yes for that style stand there with and it's all in one breath that is so hard and she was always I remember she could always do that and I was like damn damn Donna. <laughs> so hard <laughs> you know I have never asked enough about this so selfishly I want to it's strategic <laughs> right that they keep the Every time I see it, like that's what makes me like tear up is at the end of act one blackout. And then like a millisecond later, the spotlight goes out on her face. Is that on purpose? I, oh man, I wish I knew the answer to that. I, I honestly don't know. And the only reason I don't know is because my brain is so like preoccupied with 
ending the number successfully <laughs> that I don't actually think about that. Um, but that's really, I, you know, I'll look into it. I want to ask now because that's that's a good question. It's got to be. I mean, I've seen it more on Broadway than I've on the tour. And every time it's like a half a second late. Like, so it, it's just very visceral. It's like the last thing you see is that face. Um, yeah. It's really cool. And now it's time for some last minute questions. One character that you think would wildly benefit from seeing a medium? Oh my God. That's a really good question. Okay. Um, who would wildly benefit? Oh my God, you're going to laugh. And maybe honestly, it's the opposite because, okay, I played, I played Wednesday Adams in the Adams family. Yes. And, and I love that character so much. And I love that show. Like I had so much fun doing that show. And it's funny because like, I could imagine Wednesday going to see a medium and maybe, the, but that's like, you know, very normal for their family. Like their family's like, oh, like we're going out today. We're going to go see the medium. <laughs> like that could actually be, I would be interested to see how she would <laughs> react to that, how she would be. Um, if anything would surprise her, if she would actually just be like, oh yes, like, you know, they bring, <laughs> they bring through a deceased relative. She's like, oh, well, I saw him in the graveyard already, blah, blah, blah. Like, bingo. So weird with the Adams. Um, I'm trying to, th- I can't, I couldn't imagine like Vivian from Legally Blonde going to see a medium. I feel like she's way too, like, um, I don't think she believes in in that. I think she's very like, uh Vivian's yeah. very much like what she can see and sense in the here and yeah. now. Yeah. And then like, I mean, let's see. Deborah Stu from Bye Bye Bird. <laughs> no, like the telephone hour is like with a medium. <laughs> I'll I'll stick with Wednesday Adams. I think that's just really cool. Like I think that's, that's a solid cool. choice. If you were stuck as a ghost because it sells in a theater. And you could only see one musical on repeat for like the rest of your eternity. What musical would you choose? Oh, ooh, now I have to be, okay, for the rest of eternity. Honestly, honestly, I really, really loved Billy Elliot. I really did. That, I, it, yes. Ding, yes. ding, we've never had a Billy Elliot. I, I was in the second row. It was the final Broadway cast. My family went to see it. We had never seen it and we were blown away and being in the second row too. I mean, it was like, we were immersed in that and I would watch that for like time over and over and over because there's so much to see in it. And especially with like, Oh, there was the, the solidarity number. I've never forgotten it. Cause there was a point where the coal miners were like sitting in these chairs and having like a conversation amongst themselves, but also partnering the little girls who were like in their own world. Like it yes. was crazy. I and the acting was so good. And no, I loved it. I loved that show. Finally, many, many hundreds of years from now when none of us are here, how would you want a medium to describe you to somebody? How would you want to come through and be remembered? Ooh, um, I would want to be remembered as someone with a big heart and a really good sense of humor and um, the ability to 
see the light in all things, just like to find find the good even in even in you know the tougher tougher circumstances for sure. Just like a good just a good energy. I want to be remembered as a good energy for sure. Like that if I were to come through, it wouldn't you know be like negative or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't just, want you don't want my guide to do this. If my guide does this, it means. Um, it it literally looks like a train thing is coming down like the like the do not cross because there's going to train that's going to hit you if my guide puts his hand out it means that it's a soul that would not have been kind when they were here in the physical so it just means like it's not a, a caution for the soul the soul's not going to be do anything scary I, I don't believe that they're going to bully me it's my way of going be very cautious with the client because they might have a fractured relationship with this person it's it's oh. their way of telling me be kind, be cognizant of the way you're wording things and, yeah. and and listen to see if they have an apology that they want to issue. So that's always my little symbol. So. Yeah. Coming through as, as like a comfort, that's the word. As like a comfort. Mm. That's, that's what I would want. Yeah. I like that. Well, Natalia, you are, you are a treasure. You're, you're, I'm so grateful that I always say I'm the luckiest because with so many of these podcasts, they only get to meet once because they, they film. And I'm so lucky that I get to meet people twice and then, you know, friendships form. And like just this week in New York was incredible. Like to run into so many, to run into so many clients now that are now friends and, and get to see them. So I'm, I'm a lucky one. So um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and, and coming on stage to our medium and um Best of luck. I can't wait to see where every, every beautiful thing takes you. And I will be cheering you on from, from here, from wherever you are, I'm coming to see Natalia. So thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun. You're welcome. Be well. And I will, I will see you soon. Hi everyone. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed if you want to learn more about Stage Door Medium, please feel free to give me a follow at Stage Door Medium on Instagram, stagedoormedium.com, and on YouTube, Stage Door Medium as well. I hope you're well, and we'll see you soon.